It's Tepo Waffle Time! Welcome to Tepo Waffle. <laughs> With somebody and someone else. With Troy and Steve, yeah. Today we're having a second take because I got the first one wrong. Today we're waffling about a secret topic which Troy's going to tell us. Ooh, I didn't know it was a secret. It was a secret to me. Okay, uh, the topic I'd like to waffle about is a topic that is a question. Uh, when is it early enough for you to be the guy with experience? The oh, so when is when do you officially become experienced with air quotes? Yeah, so when do you stop being the new guy and the guy who can help the new guy? Or whatever, or the guy who knows what's, what's going on and how yeah. to do it and how to fix that thing. So actually, this is a good question. I mean, if you say I'm experienced, what does that really mean, right? Yeah. Um, so I see in the adverts for, for high and paying jobs, five years experience. Or well, three years. Yeah. Or and this, this question of experience is important because the research, is unequivocal, the research that I've read is unequivocal. The, the teachers who have experience are better at getting results from students. Okay. Um, so experience really counts. Um, and that's imp that the implication of that, of course, is that schools should try and retain their teachers because the longer a teacher's around, the better the teacher knows the students. The, the more the troubleshooting more experience yeah. they have, the better they know how to deal with that yeah. certain group. Now, of course, the first three months of teaching is a disaster. I wouldn't say it's a disaster. It's hard work. It's, it's uh, tough. Yeah, it's hard work. Uh, I want to actually say something strangely the opposite. The first three months, a new teacher is often putting in a lot of effort. Uh, I see a new guy, and I see the guy who's been there for nine months, and the new guy sweating, sweating his lesson plan and his material, and how do I... Uh, yeah, and, and experimenting. And, and Yeah, and the nine-month guy going... Uh, which page am I doing today? Uh, 27. All right, I'm after class. Yeah, I suppose there is a, a point at which routine sets in and then you lose some of that, that, that well, bright-eyed... Not just worry, also. Actually being really concerned about, how's it going to go? Have I got enough material? Have but I planned I, right? But on the other hand, I mean, I've been teaching for 27 years and I, I don't think... When I walk into a class, I still go, oh, shit, I wonder if I'm going to be able to do this. Did I swear that? That's terrible. Um. Uh, screw it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, fine. Uh, it is true that a good long-term teacher will still sweat and, and worry about his lessons. Um, but, of course, one aspect of experience is being able to, in the moment, go, this isn't working, I'm going to try it this way. Or, uh, ooh, I need five minutes more of stuff. Or I'm not going to have time to do that thing. What can I do instead? Yeah. I think the, the thing about being experienced is that you are, you have a bigger repertoire of things to draw yeah. from. Yeah. And you can reflect in the moment what's going right and what's going wrong and read the class better. And okay. I, I suppose one of the drawbacks of being experienced is that you start becoming complacent. Sure. Um, if you're a non-reflective experienced teacher, you're going to blame the students when things are not going well. <laughs> yes. Um, if you're a reflective experienced teacher, your lessons are not necessarily going to go better, perhaps, but the, but you're going to be able to respond much more quickly and effectively yeah. to, to what's and going on in the classroom. And there is some evidence to say that the, the students notice that. 
that, that the students do see a teacher who's attentive uh, as opposed to a teacher who's just going through the motions? Well, yeah, and surely the, the, the students must see a teacher who's relaxed. Uh, a teacher who's experienced and walks into a classroom with a lesson plan and can adapt and change is not going to get flustered by... Yeah, okay, by so things. there's a confidence thing. Yeah, and, and I think that the students are drawn to that, that a teacher can swing a lesson plan to an interest of theirs and then swing it back again without... Um, okay, so is experience it. confidence? The question is, when, when do you become experienced? Uh, I started here three months ago. That guy is starting today. Uh, can I help the guy who's starting today or not? Well, you see, I, I my interpretation is that there's there are some people who are just naturally inclined to help others. Yeah. Which I think is the trait of a teacher. Okay. Um, and yeah. there are some it's people kind who of are good job. <laughs> right. There are some teachers, some people who are not inclined to help others. So I've been in staff rooms where there's been an inexperienced teacher who's been surrounded by less experienced teachers and they've all been trying to help each other. Okay, yeah, and sure. Then, and then there's a, a very experienced teacher sitting in the corner ignoring everybody because he couldn't be asked to... Did I just swear? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a whole other topic for a podcast. Uh, yes, but that guy in the corner, let's take the guy in the corner. He's experienced, if we look at it, I've been teaching for three years or I've been teaching for 13 years. So, on paper, mm. is he experienced? Yes. It's not an argument. Is his experience of any value to, to the team? Yes. Does no. he have enough experience to help others? Yes. Okay. So he says, don't worry about it. Just do whatever. Just do page 27. Just get them to do the workbook. Is, he, is his experience meaningful no that's it's an unhelpful experience no well it's a selfish experience i I mean my interpretation of that is that the guy the guy's accumulated experience and he's using it for his his own for himself he's not he's not sharing that out um we had i i think i have told this story before i used to work for a school in singapore that 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 didn't encourage teachers to share information they had um a competitive element. They have to compete. Yeah, okay, the teachers yeah. had you had to compete for this teacher of the month award thing. Yeah. And um, so if somebody came in and said, "Can somebody give me an idea for a lesson on second conditional?" They went, "No way." Nobody would. Yeah, nobody would do anything because you don't want another teacher to be better than you. Yeah. Um, and in schools that are encouraging that competitive nature in the staff room yeah, I mean, yeah. you're not going to get teachers sharing with one another or helping each other and um uh sure I, I mean i don't think it's always the school i get i get the competition element I, I like being proud of what i've got and what i've done uh of course for me fortunately that does now extend into i'm so proud of this thing that i did with the students that i want to share it with someone else so that they can use it as well. Check out this thing that I did. It was really fun, and the students loved it. Hey, you should try it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think I'm not sure that that's an experience thing. I think that's a personality thing. I think that some okay. teachers are just more inclined to inclined, share. You know, there are some teachers who will, are so excited about what it is that they're doing that they want everybody else to do it well too, or they want to share whatever it is that they've just created, even though the other. They may even want to show off. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. Showing off, hey, I've got this big shiny thing and my students loved it. Mm. I mean, that's, that's fine. Mm. I, and I think that, in a way, the, uh, that's an element of competition, but it's a very healthy type of competition where, well, I did this. 
Really? I did that? Now, those, those kind of teachers, to me, those, those teachers are instinctively taking on a training role. Okay. Um, that's where my question about experience Actually, that's the root of the question. Yeah, so I mean, Are you experienced in, in, enough that to kind train? of person, that kind of person who is only in their second month, and another teacher comes in and they go, "Here, let me show you around. This is where you do this, and this is where you get photocopies." And the guy who's the half-assed guy sitting in the corner, going, or "Whatever, this is my eight hundred and fifty-seventh teacher I've seen walk through these doors. I'm not going to be bothered." Um, he's not contributing to the longevity of the of the team. Be- yeah. Because he's expecting the team to disintegrate soon anyway. Okay. Um, uh, so I, I'm the new teacher in the school should I listen to the guy in the corner who says man look don't worry about what they're saying just do page 27 it'll be fine there's six exercises it'll last more than an hour anyway don't worry well, about it well I mean yes you've got to listen to that because obviously if he's been teaching for 13 years he okay. um, and the guy who's sitting at the desk next to me who's been there for three months and says yeah, I've been struggling with that class a bit. Whenever I ask them to do any of the practice stuff from the book, they just chat and play with their phones. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to listen to that guy Do I listen too. to this guy? No, you, you do. You listen to both, I would say. I mean, they're both, okay. that's both input. All right. And the guy who's stressing about them playing with their phones says, um, uh, I've found that if I put a time limit on it, 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 it seems to work better. So as a new teacher, you've got to take, I, I would say, you've got to take all this input. You've got to take it all in and go, okay, well, I'm going to try all of these things out until I find the thing that works for me. Um, the fact that the teachers are even talking to you is a really I mean, it's a sign. good sign for yeah. your staff room. Uh, all um, right, so we're going to take it a step further and make it really hard. Okay. All right, so you go into a school, mm-hmm. and the school says, and this is Ralph. Uh, as a new teacher, Ralph is going to be showing you around and observing your lessons to to make sure that you're gelling with the style that's expected of this institution. Okay. Okay. And Ralph, the the Man, Ralph. I'm scared of Ralph now. Well, there could be two different Ralphs. Okay. There's the Ralph. Uh, look, don't worry about it, man. The school just wants me to do this thing. Whatever. Who cares? Okay. And Ralph is seeing it as an imposition. Okay. All right. And there's. The other Ralph, I'm sure there are third and fourth Ralphs yeah. in your head, but the other Ralph that I see is the Ralph that goes, yeah, I've been here for three months, I know how it all works now, look, let me let me tell you how to do it. Oh, I saw you doing that in your staff, in your classroom, don't do that one. Yeah. Okay, which Ralph... Which Ralph do I prefer having? Do you even want either Ralph? Um, as a new teacher in a new school, yes, I do want some. I want somebody. I want okay. somebody to say, "Here's the photocopy area, and this is yep. how the." And on Mondays, please make sure you wear this, and they'll tell you for the admin. For, for, just, just for getting to know how the school okay, works. So this and, is admin and logistics and and culture. Getting okay. to know the culture and how for the classroom stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'd prefer if somebody was going to give me comments on my classroom. I'd like it to somebody. I'd like it to be somebody who's senior or who somebody who I can respect. Okay. Now, that my my personal take on this is, it it's not about I'm I'm going to respect somebody not based on their experience. I'm going to respect them based on how well. You're going to respect them based on ability. I'm going to bet on well, on look. I don't I don't particularly respect people who are in a negative cycle. Um, Fair enough. 
we all go through negative cycles, so we hate our jobs and we hate everything that's going on around us, so we hate all the people, and, and I think that that's a natural part of life. But it's very difficult to respect somebody who's going through that, that phase in their life. Look, if, you're not, if you've got nothing nice to say, go away. <laughs> you know, yeah. If you've got something nice to say with something not nice, look, the kids don't like this and that, and they're really lazy. But if you do these things, you know, that's... That's something that I can buy into. It's at least constructive yeah. or actionable. Yeah. Okay. And yes, the kids are lazy because all kids are lazy if, if, if you allow them to be. I mean, that's just the nature of, of kids in a, in a classroom. But to solve it, here are five ways that I've found are useful. And that's a teacher in a positive cycle, a teacher who's trying to be constructive. And that's easy to respect that person. Um, okay. So Ralph uh, watches your lesson and tells you, your lessons are way too noisy. You've got to get the kids to sit down and shut up because, look, your lesson, they're, they're just out of control, man. They're yeah, just... that's, so as a beginner teacher, I'm going to have to listen to that person because obviously I don't know better and I don't know the philosophical backgrounds of, of noise and, and communicative teaching or I'm not strong enough in my in my teaching convictions to argue with him about the relative differences of communicative teaching and, and grammar translation and, you know, I, but obviously... That Rolf needs a kick in the head. <laughs> okay, but uh, how do I know if I should be listening to Rolf or not? Yeah. Okay. So my experience is, I've I've lived and worked in nine different countries, and every time you land in a country and you're new, and even if you are experienced, I you're mean, still new in yeah, some regards. By yeah. the time I, I I moved into my ninth country, I was experienced as a teacher, but somebody's got to show you around and say to you, "This is allowed, and this isn't allowed," and and the um, just to go back to Singapore, for example, one school that I, I applied for but didn't work at, they want they had the name of the school method. I used air quotes there again. You can Blitz. Oh, how did you know? I was trying not to because say the Blitz method. You you <laughs> use the name of the school method. Yes. Anyway, so the name of the school method, That's and if you don't use the name of the school method, and the, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And if somebody caught you doing the not the school name of the school method. You you actually got into trouble. It was it was a major affront okay. to the school's branding, branding or whatever. Yeah. So yes, you can't get the students standing up and doing a mill drill and, and asking each other questions because everybody has to do exactly what yeah. the school prescribes. I mean, yeah. what a waste of time. Anyway, so somebody has to tell. I you don't know. I I actually completely understand where that school is coming from. That school is coming from a position of if we let our teachers do whatever, some of them will do crap. Yeah, but some of them will do great. I mean, but what's... some of them will do crap. So here we go. We'll just <laughs> standardize it. Everybody, this is how you make a Big Mac. Everybody likes a Big Mac. Go make Big Macs. Yeah, anyway, so it wasn't a school that I was going to succeed in, clearly. Um, but if you are in a school like that, somebody has to tell you. Otherwise, you are going to get into this trouble. This is the way it's done. It, yeah, you've got to do it like this. Um, okay, so I accept your premise. I also accept the... Obviously, I'm not going to succeed. It might be a, this place might not be the right fit for me. Um, mm. Just wander off down the road to the other place. But having said that, I mean every every school I've worked in has been different. Every school I've worked in has demanded a different kind of teaching from me, um, and uh-huh. um, and I think as a teacher, you respond to the surroundings that you're in. So I I don't think that <clears throat> for, at least for the first ten years of my teaching, I don't think I was. Steve, I, I was whoever I was or needed to be in that particular space and time. Oh, God, I must have been a horrible teacher when I was new. I think it took me about two years to get to the saying, uh-huh, and just going and doing my own thing anyway. 
Well, that's right. When you're when you are a true beginner, you don't just do whatever you, you do what you're told, and you you listen to the people around you. And that's why I think it's so important to be in a school that's that's filled with positive people, uh, okay, constructive people, even if they're inexperienced. Okay, the school gives me Ralph, and Ralph is. Uh, for whatever reason. He's either five years more experienced than me or five years less experienced than me. Ooh. Either way. Okay. But it's still Ralph's job to tell me what to do. Is that different from Ralph being three months more or less experienced than me? Do I, do I listen to Ralph more or less based on our ratio of you know, experience to each other? <coughs> oh, man... You know, I, I would say that anybody who's not going to listen to Rolf is setting themselves up for a disaster. Okay. If you're walking into a new school, whether the person who's allocated to you is more or less experienced to you than you, um, the fact that he's been there f- at that particular location for longer than you have means that he has information that you need. Um, okay. And even if he's going to tell it to you in a way that's unpalatable, the, the message... The message is going to be the school likes these kinds of things and the school doesn't like these kinds of things. And as a teacher, you've got to, you've got to pander to that because that's what a school culture is, right? Um, sure. And uh, so Rolf is five years less experienced than I am. And he's been allocated to share his, his information with me. I'm a fool not to listen to him, really. Um, Do you change your teaching style to fit Rolf? Oh, Ooh, Troy, come finally. on, <laughs> Do I change I'm trying to shove you into a corner here. <laughs> uh, probably not, no. Um, I mean, I, I, I say no because ultimately a teaching style has to match your personality, your, yeah. your person, who you are as a person. And anybody who tries to deviate too far from that is going to come across as a plastic teacher. Um, there's certain things that I believe... And those beliefs are going to inform our teaching. Um, and Ralph comes along and says, no, you can't do, you can't smile at the class. Or don't make jokes. Or yeah, don't or, be noisy. Or, or make sure they stay in their chairs. Or Yeah, I'm going to, if if that's true, if what Ralph is saying is really true, and it really grates my, my personal teaching style, I think I'm going to have to call my three-month probation in and, and, and shuffle along. You're not going to just say, uh-huh, and go do your own thing anyway? <laughs> Look, that's a good idea, because it's possible that if you do it well enough, you might have a positive impact on the rest of the team and on the school culture. And, oh, look, it can be done. Um, just to quote one of your experiences, which yeah. I think we might have had, um, you taught at a high school where kids were required to sit quietly, and you were doing a mill drill that was but yeah. it was humming along really, really nicely. And um, uh, one of the Thai teachers yeah, told them... the students were given a bit of a verbal slap for it. Sit yeah. down and shut up. Yeah, but but the upshot was that that mildrill activities did become... I think, in, yeah. In, yeah. A, 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 noisy, a noisy classroom became a, an acceptable Yeah, thing. The, the, Thai, the Thai teachers shrugged their shoulders and went, oh, well, the foreigners like noise, noisy classrooms. And that became an accepted new accepted yeah. part of, of how things worked. Um, I, I think uh, I recall the, the one that you're saying, but I, an example that is much more indicative of, of this whole 
do I listen or do I pay lip service to, to pretending to listen? Is uh, I was teaching a class in that same school, and they said, "Oh, somebody from the news is coming by today to film your classroom." And I went, "Yeah, sure, no problem, whatever," because I, I'm quite comfortable with having people in the classroom. Mm. And so this camera crew came in at the back, and and of course it was distracting to all the students, but. You know, I have a nice noisy classroom, so I'm saying to the student, yeah, yeah, don't worry, guys, yeah, come on, let's do the thing. And then uh, somebody senior who was watching uh, said, can you get all the students to sit down? And I went, um, yeah, sure, mentally saying, I guess I can do this as a pair work activity with the person next to them. And then they'll about face and do it with the person behind them. So... I mean, they'll still get two different partners to speak to. All right, everybody sit down and, and, and do it. And then after that was... Uh, can, can you get the kids to be quiet? Yeah. And can we, we... We need some footage of you standing at the front talking while all the students are sitting there quietly. But the, the, this is obviously a, a Asian... Sure person yeah. well I, I don't mean Asian and that's I mean this is an administrator a money, yes, a money I, counter I not I don't think it was really a money counter but it was definitely somebody who had a mental image of, of well-behaved students because the people when I work with school administrators very often their their view of what a teacher should be is stern strict um, 1940s Quiet. stick in the hand um students all sitting i speak you listen right. everyone raises their hand one at a time right N- nice jar and yeah jar and cup situation jar and cup situation what you know that empty glass the empty ve- empty vessel the empty okay, vessel, okay, okay so now, now let's go back to this question for you, Rolf is showing you around. He's five years less experienced than you. He's giving you all this this advice. Are you going to listen to him? He's five years less, so I'm assuming I now have at least five years of experience. Uh, I'm getting uh, I'm I'm getting a feel for Rolf by asking lots of questions. So, what classes do you teach? What are the kids like? And what are the and I'm actually making a judgment call. Do I bother listening to Ralph, or do do I use Ralph as just a source of information, or should I just ignore Ralph and listen to the cat and the guy selling stuff outside? <laughs> yeah, but it, it genuinely, I, I am doing that. So you you're asking him questions as you go to get a feel for whether you can trust him or not. Uh, okay, it's let, not even trust. It's more like. Uh, Philosophically, are we on the same page? I know that sounds so vague and wishy-washy, but it's true. Philosophically, <laughs> do cat purrs make podcast <laughs> listeners happy? Uh, if I say to Ralph, uh, let me, I want to actually give a real example, not this theory. Okay, I was teaching a class. I was just there. There were other teachers who'd been there a couple of months. And I asked the teachers straight out. I taught a class and I said, do you find that class a bit uh, difficult to control? Like, they're really easily distracted by yeah. each other and their phones. They, they don't listen very much. And they said, yes. Yeah, yeah, I've had some problems with that class. But that was me in the moment being purely reflective. Yeah. I, I do want to know, is it a my style thing? Am I being too lax? Or is it that class? Or is yeah. it that class? Uh, and those teachers were definitely less experienced than me. But 
sure, there was part of the question was me going, how are they going to respond to this? Yeah. Are they going to say, yeah, those bunch of little terrors, they're just a waste of space and they're impossible? And, or are they going to say... Yeah, this is a problem and we've had this before, which is a professional response. Or, or I mean, I, the response I'd love would be... Uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've realised that I can't do this type of activity or this type of activity though does seem to work or... Alright, so let me turn the tables on you. So, so he's... Um, <coughs> Rolf, is, Rolf is asking you to change your teaching style. Uh, I say... Okay, this is going to be a personality answer. Yeah. Um, if Rolf has a, a personality where it's a... It, he's asked me to change my style but he actually seems open to a discussion I'm quite happy to have a discussion with Ralph about if he's not open to having discussion what if he's pushing his his authority around on you he's been here two months longer than you have and he's been given a position of power over you I'm going to say really? oh okay I didn't realise that because uh, when I do my lessons this thing seems to work but okay mm. And but then I'm actually going to secretly ignore Ralph alright so that's the story of Rolf and his putative power over us as inexperienced uh, no, teachers. No, I, I actually want to. I know I was, I was being a bit uh, combative, combative about it. But I would say there is a case where having a Rolf is, is not necessarily a bad thing. Rolf's three months in and it's Rolf's job to observe me. And Rolf might have the best of intentions. The fact of the matter is that having that person there as a somebody, I have somebody that I can actually discuss my lessons with and whether or not I agree with Ralph and whether or not Ralph is being the horrible pushy authority person, in that case I'm going to take that as a okay well he's raised some points that I can think about myself without Ralph yeah. or if, because I did have that early on, a, a bad Ralph a bad Ralph, uh, the quote was Just incidentally, you look if, tired. if you're listening to this and you're uh, your Ralph, Ralph sorry. <laughs> Ralph, <laughs> this is not about you. Uh, in my mind, uh, Ralph was the sheepdog in the cartoon. There's a big sh- uh, wolf and sheepdog cartoon where they clock in. I'm oh. sure his name's Ralph. Okay. Morning Ralph, morning George. Or is it Sam? Whatever. Right, I think it's a time for a word from our sponsors. Hey, who's our sponsor today, Mr. Steve? Well, our sponsor is this, uh, has got a whole bunch of stuff on their website, and I think you should all go and visit the website. And one of the things that they have is a, a fantastic set of bilingual dictionaries. Yeah, they're di- they're, bilingual dictionaries are really, really useful for teachers and students. Um, if you're studying, if you're teaching, for example, in Burma, you can use their Burmese bilingual dictionary. Um, they've all been supervised by Gene Mesher, who has a PhD. He's a great guy, and he's got tons of experience with this kind of thing. And uh, bilingual dictionaries are often quite uh, useless and confusing and lead to lots of language errors, which can be really fun to explore in your progression as a yeah, language teacher. What I found very interesting about bilingual dictionaries, for example, is students look up the word cold and um, they think it means <laughs> to they... be sick. And so they say, teacher, I'm chilled. <laughs> Which works. Which perfectly. is, yeah, but it's completely <laughs> not what they mean. All right, right so anyway, if, if to uh, need, yeah. find our sponsors, yep. uh, past and present, please visit uh, our new website sponsor, which is now on Spay. Wait, wait. So hang on, is this www? 
Yeah, d- wubby wubby wubby. Yeah. What is it again? Can I say World Wide Web? Yeah, you can. W. That's three syllables. Nine syllables or three. World Wide Web dot now, as in right now. Mm-hmm. On, as in not off. Spay, as in what we may do to cats. Okay. Wait, spay or neuter? Yeah. Oh, spay females, neuter males. I think, or the other way around. Okay, anyway, now on spay.ing.us. This is a new um, website portal which uses present participle... Um, I don't know, it's dot .ing for England. That's the country code for England. Like, I'm from England! All right, just and then just, a dot .us so for... So it's now... In England and the United States. Now on spay.ing.us. Where you can find out lots of information about these wonderful... Um, Sponsors and... Bilingual dictionaries. And other waffle buddies... Cheers, guys. Okay. Ciao. Painful Waffle is proudly brought to you by the Nonstop Wafflers. Tor and Steve, for any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tefallwaffle at gmail.com or visit www.tefallwaffle.com.